Welcome to the Marketing Cocktails Podcast. We're your hosts, Terika Stroger, that's me, a brand designer and sugar addict, and Vanessa Shepard, launch strategist and content creator with the love of all things Disney. Each week, you'll hear our behind-the-scenes conversations and expert advice on marketing and launching your next offer or product, while doing it all ethically and organically and giving that bro marketer advice the boot. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Grab a drink, and let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to episode two of the Marketing Cocktails podcast. Today's episode is going to be a continuation of the first, and we're just rounding up the final three marketing myths. The ones we'll tackle today are content is blank. We all have a definition that can probably fit in there. Everyone is your customer. And lastly, you don't need a marketing plan. So let's dive in. So you use the word content a lot and that seems to be as confusing a word for people as marketing is yes. in that people are like content is just the written stuff right so my content is just blog posts but i hate blogging so i guess i have no content and then i've heard people know your content is what people read about you or what they see oh you mean my instagram and my facebook so that's my content so my content strategy needs to be centered around the first place I want people to find information about me. And there's this business owner back in, that's YouTube for me. And someone else is like, oh, I don't do video. So I guess it's Instagram for me. And so we know that content is more than social media because there are some people killing it right now and they have no social media presence at all. And that blows people's mind. And they're thinking, I'm wasting all my damn time on Instagram and someone's making six figures in your inbox. And I'm like, yep. But if that's where your people are and where your people connect, put your time and energy there. So what else would you say about content? Because I know that is literally your baby. (laughs) You know, digital baby, I guess. I love content. I love content. (laughs) You can tell because I just spent the last 10 years deep diving into basically content. If you want to break it down to a nutshell, content is cool. Content is, if you really want to simplify it, it's every single message that you put out into the universe. So it's every time you open your mouth to tell somebody about you, your business and your brand, that's content. You're creating content just by talking. We're creating content right now. And all we're doing is yakking to each other. Um, (laughs) It's all the stuff you write down. So your invoices, the way the stuff you put on them, that is also a piece of content. The blog post you put out there, the stuff on your website, the stuff in your emails, the stuff on your videos, on your podcast, every time you send people a Voxer message or a Slack message, all of that is technically content. And people overcomplicate it. They're like, well, content is only blog posts or videos or whatever. Nah, nah, nah. It's everything. Every single thing. There's so many different forms of what's called media or medium. And that's the format that your content comes in. So if you're writing it down, then that's written or text-based content. If you're doing a video, and that's obviously video content, same word. If you're doing a podcast or an audio snippet, anything that is that you can you hear it only, that's audio content. You can get visual. So that's if like when Terika designs pretty awesome graphics that go up on Instagram, like all those pretty 
designed things. It's visual. Anything that's really graphical, visual content. You can mix and match all those medias together. If you write, say you're doing a blog post. I like blogging. I'm old school. Doing a blog post, I'm going to write that content down. I might record an audio for the people out there who hate to read. And there's lots of you out there. I might do a video for all the people who hate to read. They don't really want to listen. They want to see somebody's face as they're conveying the information. And I might do some infographics or maybe I'll do up some pretty pictures or maybe I'll do up like pins or little other visual elements. I'm going to put them all into one post. I just created four different types of content, put it into one delivery vehicle and put it out in the universe. So then, and we see this so much, at least I feel like my ads are flooded with content planners, content strategy, Mm -hmm. Content, content, content. It feels like one of those neon signs just flashing at you like 7-Eleven time. And I wonder, because I struggle with content. I can create all day. You say, Tarek designed this for me. Sure, my nose is into my laptop and I'm focused. But then you say, stop doing that and write something for an audience. Oh, I have to get out my artist brain and say stuff to people? Crap. Okay. I have no idea what to talk about. And so, you know, I just sit there and then there's crazy gaps. And anybody, if you, if you find me on Instagram, there's going to be gaps. I'm just telling you, I'm human. I'm getting better though. So what is your advice to people when it comes to developing a content strategy, not just as a whole, because I feel like everybody's telling you that, but one that feels good or is in tune with um, what they like to do. Can someone say, if I don't want to be on Instagram, it's fine. My business won't implode on itself. If someone finds me and they're like, she doesn't have an Instagram, she's not reputable. Or if I just want to do video, can I just live on YouTube and never write anything else again in my entire life? Technically, all those situations are, could be true, and we could probably, if we think long and hard, to come up with, like, the right names. I'm really bad with names, by the way. It's not an insult. <laughs> I just, they don't stick in my head. It's awesome. But we could probably come up with a list of people who they, they went through a really simple process. They were like, okay, so I want to go into online business, and I, need, I know I need to put something out in the world to tell people what I do. What do I like doing? Actually, what do I really love doing? Because if you're going to create content for the internet, you got to love doing it because mm-hmm. you might do it for a while before somebody ever stumbles upon it and goes, man, you are the next hot thing. And you become this overnight sensation, which doesn't actually happen. Almost everybody who's an overnight sensation has been doing something for a while. Anyway, I digress. Good example. We had a conversation when we were passionate out. Do you even want to be on Instagram? Are your people even on Instagram? Or do I have to be there? Because everybody out there is telling me I have to be on Instagram. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, No, you don't have to be on any one platform. You have to be where your people are. You have to decide that. So by looking at things, we figured out your Pinterest. It is like blowing up continually. Even when you do nothing and you're inconsistent, your Pinterest still blows up. Yeah. And so we know there's a good segment of your people on Pinterest. And the great thing about Pinterest is it's very visual, which meets your designer inner artist, and it can pull it out 
And we can automate that so you don't have to spend hours at a scheduler. And you can continually just keep designing and popping it up on your blog so that it auto feeds to Pinterest and you never really have to touch any of it. And that works and that will work for people. You get clients through there, you get people at least inquiring, finding you, maybe they send your pin to a friend and kind of refer you that way. We know that you don't like writing things down and that's totally okay too, but you have no problem picking up your phone and recording a video and putting it up on a live. So then your kind of plan becomes, I love designing things. I am totally comfortable doing impromptu videos when I feel like it, when the mood strikes. How that, again, that's that artist flow. It's pretty awesome. And that's what I'm going to do because I know my people watch my videos and I know my people love my designs. So those are the two things that I'm going to tackle this year. And that's totally fine because that works for you and it meets your people where they're at and how they want to interact with you. Me, on the other hand, my people, um, and what I love to do, I can write all day long. I could probably speak things out, but there's going to be a lot of ums and odds because I overthink everything and I go down cute little rabbit holes. Not very efficient if you just want to learn one thing. I have to really focus. It's fine. So I write. I have had many, many, many blogs over the years. People always find me. They always find the stuff and it drives traffic for freaking ever. It's awesome. You won't catch me jumping into video because I, I don't know. I still have to learn how to do that stuff. <laughs> when all the rest of the people of the world that were super into video hopped on, I was out writing things down and doing degrees and doing research. So I write, my people find me, it's fine. I also like to design kind of fun things or I might take photos and I'll put those up. Again, that's a visual form and people like it. The audience responds well to it. So we keep doing it to grow and to kind of meet more people over time for both of us. We're going to have to take on another form of another medium. Maybe we'll take on, maybe you'll start getting your videos transcribed and that'll be your written form. And maybe I'll start, I don't know, recording audio of my blog posts, but to be able to grow and reach more people and bring people in, in different ways, eventually you'll have to get to the point where you've created this like initial layer of content you add another medium on top of it, you're not exactly creating brand new content, but you're kind of beefing what you have created up. And I think a lot of people miss talking about that. Everybody's like, you have to create new stuff all the time. There's, there's like a drop of truth to that because technically, and if I take my blog post and read it or verbalize it, I'm creating new content, but it's not reinventing the wheel. It's reusing what I have. It's multiplying that first piece of content to make it even better and to use it in a different way so that it connects with even more people. Does that make yeah. sense? It does to me. And guys, to anybody's listening, I really thought that you had to create something new. And I say that because I come from obviously the designer world. And while some people have templates and things like that, your clients are always wanting you to come out with something new, the dreaded words, something that pops, something that stands out. So then your brain automatically goes and someone says, create content that's new. I'm like something new every single time. And my brain is slowly, it looks like the iPhone emoji where the little fragments are just like flying out into the universe. So my brain looks like, and then I met Vanessa and she's like, you know that you don't have to always create something new. And I was all right, 
I'm, I'm a skeptic. Explain it to me. And she breaks it down. And I won't break it down into everything that she does because, guys, that's a little bit of genius. But regardless, is that just like the example that she gave, you don't have to create something new. I created an email for in for a sales sequence that I then repurposed to a blog post that I then repurposed again into an Instagram post or maybe two, not quite sure. And I still kind of go back and, oh, I can add to that. Let me take a little piece of that and do that. And my brain never went there before. And now I'm like, ah, oh, this is like freaking amazing. Maybe this is how all these people we like fangirl or fanboy over. This is what they're doing on the back end. Nobody's, I mean, some these, we know these people have teams. So there's that. But minus that, maybe there is this person who's killing it that you know, who's a solopreneur. And it, every time you turn, you're like, they have some new content, how they're doing it. And you're like, ding, ding, ding. This is how they're doing it. <laughs> so guys, that's your win for today. Go back through some old content, see what you can repurpose. And now you have a whole new batch of content to put out. See, don't you love us? It's awesome. Also, this, I feel, goes into another one of our MISP. And so maybe we'll tackle two things at once. And one of them is that, because we're talking about putting out content to your audience and people feeling that they have to be everywhere, which is in line with the idea that everybody is your customer. So you should be everywhere. Like literally, we all need to clone ourselves and be a little bit of everywhere so that we can sell to everybody so that we can make all of the money. So that's one myth. That's not the case, guys. So number two is, well, if it works for another company, it should work for me. And I use this example because I've heard it like 15 gazillion times is, well, Target is for everybody. Everybody can walk in Target. There's something for everybody in Target. So if it works for them, then I can sell to everybody. I don't have to pick a niche. I don't have to focus on anybody. I don't have to read the data. I'm just going to sell to everybody. And then I'll make all of the big bucks. That's what's going to happen. Check. So wrong. It's so wrong. People <laughs> think that way. It's so wrong. It's, it's Target's not for everybody. We love Target. I'm very sad that they're no longer in Canada. They broke my heart with their marketing strategy. That's, that's a whole tangent for another day, but that's fine. Target doesn't target everybody. If you think about it, a little ironic. The, yeah, yeah. Anyway, It's fine. Target goes after a really specific audience. You're not going to find the people that go shop at Walmart. They're not going to shop at Target. A lot of them, A, can't afford it. And a lot of them, B, just won't vibe with it. Yep. We know Target actually goes after more specific customers than, say, Walmart or some of the other department store kind of one-stop shopping kind of places. Target really goes after that middle class um, person, that upper middle class person even, those people that are the Starbucks drinkers, the Apple product users, fixer upper lovers. Those people have a little bit more income. They have a little bit of a higher standard. They ha probably have more professional job. They drive a nice car. They're not the people who are really struggling, struggling to make ends meet. 
and they're not so frugal that they want to save money continuously. They still enjoy saving money because, well, who doesn't? But they're not so cut, you know, coupon clipping driven that they're going to be more inclined to go shop at Walmart. So the lesson in all this is that even when it looks like a company goes after like everybody out there, you know, a store that offers more than one thing for sale, it looks like they could, anybody could walk in and find something that they need. But if you look close enough, you can tell that that's really not the case. And so you can use that information to kind of help you in your business by knowing that you need to get really specific about who your customer is, what their pain points are, and how you can actually help solve their problem by focusing on that one customer and your problem solver, you'll be able to have no problem growing your business. Whereas if you focus on everybody, it'll feel like you're trying to go after everyone and everything and chase things and people won't really know what you do, how you do it and who you serve. And that is really, really confusing to a customer and it turns them off really fast because they, th there's nothing there to be memorable even if your brand is pretty awesome. And that is exactly what I was thinking in marketing to everyone, because at that point you become a Jack or a Jill of all trades, at least on the outside looking in, it seems as if you offer everything, you do everything, but your business at that point gets a little lost in the sea of what everything, um, everything that's out there. Nobody thinks, oh, hey, I need someone who's an amazing marketer and really good at Facebook ads. Who do I call? They go to Joe Blow over here or uh, Susie Q over here, but they don't think about you because there isn't that specificity there that that's what you offer and that's where your zone of genius is. Now, I will say the normal ideal client avatar, it's not my jam at all. <laughs> I don't feel as it if drives you, her really nuts, people. Like she's she's not kidding. It's hilarious. I don't feel that you need to know that your customer is 35 to 42 year old woman who lives in New York City or a similar metropolitan area makes between $58,000 and $75,000 a year, has 2.5 kids, probably a dog, kids are in private school, she drinks Starbucks and she really loves Panera and she shops at Anthropology and Gilmore Girls is her favorite show ever. All those details, while they're great and they can be connecting points in your community, if your audience has similar tastes or, and you know where they are in pop culture or socially or whatever, that's great. But I don't feel like you need to have any of that. What you need to have at the core is what are your ideal customer values? What do these people value? Like you noted, what is the problem that they're having so that you can address in your offers the solution to their problems in a way that connects with them in a way that you understand who they are as an individual and it's in line with the type of business you want to run if you want to have an ethically focused business well you want people who aren't you know shady as fuck nobody wants to work with those people um so to me 
knowing who you want to serve and then crafting your offer so that you can show up in the best way that connects to them is how you can really build a profitable business. And at that point, you're not selling to everyone. You may not sell to a, you know, such a specific sector of people that this crazy ideal client avatar that I gave. And I'm sorry, people, if you've created that and it works for you, then kudos. It works for you. I just have a different perspective on it. Neither one is right or wrong. They're accurate to both of our experiences, but going forth to me at the core of everything is people. So there's an easier way to attack it. So you can work with people in different niches, but at the core of it, they have the same value. So that's the kind of central focus. And I think that's what works that you don't market to everyone. You can diversify who you work with, but still have that core that is true. Absolutely. And there's all these exercises that are floating around out there. Some of them are really helpful and you're absolutely right. Like the ideal customer avatar doesn't work for you. It, it does work for other people. It does work for some, like some of our clients and some of the people I've worked with. And it can be a really great exercise to go through to find commonalities. If you're, if you've come to a point where those values, you've kind of picked a, a value-based focus and you know your values and you know the problems that your people are having. And you've, you've built an audience around that and you've got to a point where you're looking, you're like, holy crap, I need to find like some common threads pulling out that ideal client avatar exercise can be helpful for that. It can be helpful when you're actually like looking to target somebody with say Facebook ads, because it allows you to think in really outside the box ways for how to reach those people through platforms where it's really hard to reach people. Like in Facebook ad land, you can't, I can't plug in value-based things into ads manager and hope to heck that I find all of the honest ethical people who, you know, are just out there to make a difference in the world. That's, that's not something I can target, but I can target based on some of those other interests. So that's where some of those exercises come in really helpful kind of at maybe later points in growing and marketing your business and with, with really specific strategies. So don't become like super overwhelmed. If you are hearing about some of these exercises through courses or through YouTube videos or wherever you're picking up your information but just know that some of them are super beneficial for different things. And it's okay if, if one of them or a few of them don't feel like a great fit, find a way to kind of craft a picture of who your customer is that feels good to you and run with it. Because the most important thing you can do is find a way to market yourself and talk about your business and connect with other people in a way that feels really natural and just really comfortable and like almost effortless because if it feels like a struggle, you're not, you're A, you're not going to do it. And B, you're, you're going to feel rehearsed and nobody wants to connect with somebody who feels like a walking, like robot trying to delivering their sales pitch over and over and over again, that nobody wants to do that. Don't do that. Just be yourself, connect with people, connect with those real people. And, and they'll come, they'll come flooding in. They'll find you. They always do. So now that we got a little bit more into the marketing piece, I feel like this is a good transition point to go into our next myth, which is that you don't need a marketing plan to truly effectively uh, market your business and to really craft 
a business that's profitable because that's what everybody, at least I hope everyone's end goal is to have a profitable business. You can make money, but if you spend more money than you make, then guys, yeah, what's, the point? <laughs> <laughs> what's the point? <laughs> you barely break even at that point. But the end goal is to have a successful business that brings in revenue and is profitable. So with those goals in line, can you do that without having a marketing plan? Yeah, so that's a great question. And it kind of comes down to this. No matter how fantastic your product is or your service is, it won't sell itself. And the best way to sell something is to make a plan. You need a solid plan. And when we communicate about things that we need to sell, it's called marketing. It's awesome. It's all it is. Marketing is just communication. It's just like finding a, an avenue or two or three or however many kind of fit for you that communicates what it is that you need to sell that product or service. Marketing and a marketing plan is really just like a set of tools and tactics that you're going to use to win your customers, attract them, win them over. And basically you're defining a, a way to achieve your sales goals. So a marketing plan is basically an action plan that includes your marketing budget. And a lot of people are like, whoa, I'm not big enough to have a marketing budget. That's actually very wrong. So you have a budget for your household. You know exactly how much you need to spend on, you know, keeping a roof over your head and all those fun things. You, you need to have a plan, a, a budget and a plan for your business of how you're going to use your finances. And even if you don't have a big budget, you still need to dedicate a small portion of your budget, small portion of the profits you're actually bringing in to reinvest back into marketing yourself so you can attract more people. A lot of people miss actually having any sort of marketing budget. They bring money in and they're like, I just need to make money to pay my bills and that's it. And they take all that money and they put it towards their bills. They forget to pay their taxes. <laughs> they forget that they need money for all the, all of these the tools that they're using and that they actually need money to reinvest back in marketing. Don't skip that step. Figure out exactly how much it is that you need to make for yourself, how much you need to spend on the tools that you're using in your business and budget in a set percentage that you need to make to be able to cover marketing expenses that you can actually invest in ads or some, some promotional mechanism that fits where you're at right now. Because if you don't do that, you're not going to ever have the budget and you're going to feel really, really stuck really, really fast. Best way you can grow your business is to actually invest in your marketing one way or another, because in, in this super noisy world, it's really hard to stand out if you don't. It's really, really hard to Put yourself out there in a way that actually hits people where they're at unless you have like a bajillion friends and even then it can be really hard for people to stand out and stand out consistently and hit big crazy goals that almost you hear everybody wanting to achieve exactly i think the marketing plans sound so huge in theory because many people associate them with a business at a higher level, mm -hmm. ones that are really detailed and have this whole scope and plan of action. 
and people are really small and in their head they're like I just need the next client I'm not thinking about anything marketing I'm on Instagram but that's it so that's that's my focus and I'm not looking at anything else but the reality is a marketing plan can be simple it's in correlation with where you are in business of course you wouldn't have a marketing plan or a budget of an e-commerce business that's done a million dollars in sales that that just doesn't even they're not even on the same plane and that's fine but you do have to have a plan of attack and it actually reminds me guys i'm gonna go down memory lane when i was in high school and I went, I was in a magnet program, a math and science uh, magnet program, and we had a, a coordinator and she would come in and check with you midway to see how your grades were doing um, because we had to maintain a B average to be in it. Other, otherwise, we went on academic probation. And then eventually, if you didn't do it, you were dropped from the academy. But one thing she said, and it was her mantra, and I'm pre pretty sure you've all heard this. Uh, somewhere but if you fail to plan then you plan to fail so at some point there needs to be a plan of attack even if it's just that I'm gonna invest in later so that I can schedule all of my Instagram posts and eventually when I get to X amount whatever your milestone is down the road when i launch this product and i finished and i do want to put some money in ads or i do want to maybe maybe you're in the wedding industry and you want to advertise in one of the publications that's your that's in your marketing plan you need to know how much that's going to cost when you're going to do it how are you how you're going to do it like it doesn't have to be this huge thing guys but you do need to have a plan Absolutely. Within your marketing plan, the basics, it includes like a budget, a calendar, because you need, you need to create content. Let's also address that. To market yourself, you need to communicate. To communicate is to create content. Content and communication, same thing. So having a calendar, like an editorial calendar where you can easily, really easily see at a glance and chart out, okay, like how many emails do I need to write for this? What are my emails going to be about? When am I going to send them? Am I going to do social media for marketing this product or service, what, which social media channels am I going to use? How, what, what do I need to create for them? A calendar can help map all of that out in one place so that it's super easy to reference. For all of our students inside Launching Made Simple, we give them a tool, like a content calendar tool, where they can map out all of their blog posts or videos, all their Facebook lives, all their emails, every little piece of content that they need to actually market themselves. They can map it out in one spreadsheet and just start working on it and assign themselves deadlines and due dates. And that helps those people stay on track to actually map out every little step that they need to take to promote their product or service. And it helps them to steer clear of all the shortcuts and hacks that are really shiny and distracting. It helps them to get consistent, stay the course, and it's helped people to grow in so many different ways. We have so many different people inside all of our courses, and it's really, really cool to see that the basic strategies, those kind of timeless things like creating a marketing, marketing plan and creating a content plan, the, that's what helps 
establish that foundation for your business, that's what helps you to achieve success. It's not jumping on the latest trend and, and trying to hack it and trying to see what works. It's investing in the things that are going to be profitable once you invest your time, effort, and energy into it, that it's going to return you something on the other end. Like when we approach how to market any of our services or any of our, our products, we're thinking about, okay, if I invest time in promoting this thing, what am I going to get back out of it? Will it actually help me to move the needle? If it's not going to help me move the needle, I'm not going to do it. If it is something that's going to move the needle a little bit, okay, awesome. That, that's another step in the right direction. That's another step along the journey to get people to where you want them to be. And so that's, that's kind of the way you need to think about your marketing plan. What are the steps that you need to take to stay consistent, to communicate about your product or service? And what are the tools that you need to be able to go from point A, where you're starting out now, to point B and where you want, it, where you want and need to be? So I feel like since we said this is going to be a two for one that you brought up some interesting points in that in the courses and other educational material that we have out there, that it helps people not have to hack their way to um, a marketing plan or any of that. Like it gives this roadmap to get there. But when someone's either first starting and they don't really know the lay of the land and they feel like they have to hack their way to success. As we wrap up today's episode, we've spoken a lot on the need for a marketing plan in your business. And I know many of you are thinking that's easier said than done. So you know what? We're helping you with the done part. And we are presenting to everybody our new offer, Launching Make Simple. It not only gives you direct access to our brains, but exclusive access to our course library that contains everything we've created and will create on marketing strategy, Facebook ads, sales, funnels, tech, and so much more. You'll also learn in here how to plan your content around your sales, how to plan a strategic launch so that you're not wasting time and just throwing spaghetti against the wall, how to choose the right offer, and how you promote that to your audience in the most strategic way possible. How do you drive traffic to your offer organically and paid? All of that, it's going to be in Launching Make Simple. And you know what? I know this probably sounds like this is like a thousand dollar course. It's not, guys. We want to make knowledge affordable and we want you to really grow. So we're offering it right now for a limited time only for $147 for an, an unlimited access pass. Yes, you heard it right. $147. So if you're interested, go to she's got vision.com slash launching made simple. The link will also be in the show notes and we would love to see you in there. We would love to help grow your business. And guys, you know what? We want you to make money. We want you to be fulfilled in your business and we want you to be aligned and we're here to help. So if you're on the fence about this or if you have any questions, you're welcome to send us an email at hello at she's got vision.com or find us on Instagram at she's got vision and send us a DM. Thanks for listening, y'all. You can find the show notes at she's got vision.com slash podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, we love it if you leave a review 
and subscribe to the podcast. And because word of mouth is the best marketing avenue, please tell a friend to share it. If you do, don't forget to tag us at She's Got Vision on all platforms. Until next time, y'all, we're wishing you much success. And remember, there's always time for cocktails.